What it do? This your host, Big Worm on City Speed Podcast. Podcast. do this your host big worm from city speech podcast and i am sitting with miss tanya jones how you doing how you doing i am doing phenomenal uh you know before we get into anything i want without even knowing you I, I was super i was getting into real estate and i was wholesaling i was getting into wholesaling and i stay in silver springs okay north side of tampa my grandma lived on 8 30 east yukon long as i can remember and this lot across the street from the park, empty. It's been empty since I was little. And you happen to build six houses on it. <laughs> so before we get into that, I, I want to say that thank you for what you did to the neighborhood. Because oh, that did, did bring, you know, my grandma house worth a couple dollars now. <laughs> it's worth a couple dollars now. And uh, before we get into it, like, I know they see the, the, the glam and the glitz now. But mm-hmm. let's get into how you started. Oh in, wow! In in this pursuit of of wealth that you you're pursuing, okay, I, I will say that I started by failing. Mm. I started by making a whole lot of mistakes. I, I started by not only making mistakes, looking at those mistakes and saying, "Okay, how do I make things? Um, how do I follow people?" That's what mm-hmm. I didn't want to do because sometimes I try not to ask questions. I didn't want to network. I just want to stay with my crew. And in 2008, when the bubble happened, Mm. I was kind of doing things my way and it crumbled. And that I said, if real estate, I love what it did for the short time, but I wasn't expecting it to go bad. And Mm. when it went bad, I was like, ah, what do I do? (laughs) What do I do? What do I do? Where the money went? I'm serious. Um, So that's when I said, if I ever get another shot at doing real estate, I'm going all in. So what 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 exactly happened? Because everybody I know I know a couple people that say they lost money when the book. What what exactly happened for you to lose money in real estate in 2008? I was just buying stuff, and there was uh, people were saying that like I'm gonna give you an example like Riverview they were like Riverview gonna be a hot area houses gonna be worth four or five hundred thousand yada 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 so I thought okay um they, and I bought in Riverview and then within not even two years the house that I spent 297 was worth 180 mm. because what happened is everybody they, they were the industry was allowing, they were allowing people the mortgage industry to get loans that should they should not have been giving out loans banks were just giving people loans and so it just crashed so we had, I had a few properties and everything lost its value. Did so you sell, you like, sold everything? I you? sold what I could sell and um, it, I sold what I could sell and then I was able to get out a few things. But I lost uh, with about four properties. Everything was a loss. And I said, okay. But real estate has always been the thing that has kept me afloat. Uh, I bought my first property when I was about 25 years old. Didn't even know what I was doing. 
And that's what I try to tell young people. You don't have to know what you're doing. You just got to follow somebody mm-hmm. that does. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle just kept telling me, build a house, build a house, build a house. It's going to pay off later. Is this your house to live in? or this To was, live in. Okay. And he was like, a house is a bank. And he mm-hmm. would say that. And you know, well, you, I'm trying to go listen to what it was. The damn <laughs> two like crew people. I wasn't thinking about him. But he was somebody who kind of had it going on. So I'm like, okay. I got to listen to my uncle because there's something he just keeps harping on, get a Especially house. Especially if he keep talking yes, about Yes, I was like, okay. So I decided to buy a house, move to Tampa from St. Pete, buy a house, and my credit was bad. Didn't even know anything about credit at the time. Mm-hmm. My credit was bad, and the guy that built the house, this guy Castro, it was Castro and Castro, he built my house, and he said, I'll keep the mortgage for ten for two years. Interest rate was 10%, and mm. I think my payment was around $850, $900. And I was like, okay, cool. And the the Castro was the person who kind of, he took me under his wing, and he <laughs> told me about real estate. He told me about lines of credit, all things that later on was going to be to my, my advantage. But I didn't know at the time. So 20, 25 and your credit shot. Why do you think they don't teach us, you know, I've been in like school. I went to the college, and, I, and they never taught us about managing money or credit. Why? Why you think they keep that away from us? Ooh, baby, that's a loaded <laughs> question. And we get into you- that, y'all might get me kicked off the podcast. <laughs> I don't. To me, I don't think our system, our government system. I don't think things were designed for us. Mm. But I think it's out there for us. I don't think it's designed for us, but we can get ahead in it if we make better choices. First thing we do when we get money, including myself when I was young, we want to go show off. Mm-hmm. So other people, I think it starts with the kids. I think teaching kids, like I'm teaching my daughter right now, my youngest, she's 16. Hey, Paige, let's go over your checkbook. I think doing little things like that, but I just don't think that it was designed for us. Yeah, don't, they don't teach. I, I learned about credit probably like five years ago and. And it's like, damn! If they, if they would have told me this when I was fresh out of high school, I would have been, I would have been straight. Like when I, when I told, I got into wholesaling, and I seen you post a dude, but I don't know if you actually know him. Uh, Eight the hustler, he's a real estate dude in Philly. No, I just see him all you the time. Him? And I he, see him. he was saying like a lot of his count was they got their kids on like lines of credit, and I'm like, by the time they 18. They gonna be straight, so I, I they, they need to teach that. Uh, teach I that think they school. should, but if they don't, I think we have to be our own teachers. Mm-hmm. I think once we know what to do, it's up to us to try to teach it to everybody. Because now I do know, and I try to teach it to my niece, to my cousin. But sometimes it's not. I don't care how much I do, they still will go out and go buy the Lady Jordans. They still will go. So we have to. For to me, we gotta change what we think is important it's a mindset i don't go out i know that to me debt is not a good thing but i know that if i learn how to manage debt i can do all the things mm-hmm. that i'm doing now do, do you how many how many houses do you have how many really how much real estate do you own <laughs> well right now we are building the 12th okay. i own five properties i only have a mortgage on two um i don't yeah i i I try to pay everything off everything i get i'm a person that i believe that you got to pay things off so i'm not looking at whatever i do i 
I'll make a profit. I put it right back into something. I make something. I put it right back into something. So, so you've been in real estate over 20 years. If, if I'm say, I'm say I'm 23, I work at Walmart. I make 30 K a year and I want to get in real estate. Well, what would you tell that person to get in real estate? Because that's how simple it is. I think, and I'm gonna give you an example. I have a young man that there are kids that want to know, and there's kids that want to get on social media and pretend like mm. they know. He said, "Miss Tanya, what can I do?" I said, "How's your credit?" He says, "All right, we fixed his credit. He had a credit card with, I think the limit was let's say twenty grand. He bought oh, a shit. lot for twelve, and in nine months he sold a lot for thirty. He used $12,000 off his credit card. Probably. He had to pay the interest, but then he sold it for thirty. So it takes time. It takes wanting to truly get to the next level. And it, he didn't want the big chain. Mm. So you got to make some choices. Do you want that chain or you want the shoes or do are you really going to sit here and take my advice and run with it? And out of all the kids that I've talked to, I've probably only had two. Does, does that get frustrating trying to show somebody like what's really out here and they... Let it crumble or it's they just sad. don't take it. It's sad because I'm a girl from the streets. And I think when you're in the hood and you seeing, you know, how bad the hood is and mm -hmm. you see all these things and you, you look and you know that, dang, if only we know. And then you find out what you don't know and you're trying to teach it to people who sitting where you sat and they don't want to take it. That's frustrating. It's hurtful. It, it, it makes me at times I go, damn, what do we do to reach our people? Do they want to be? I'm only where I'm at because I started out surviving first. I done made a lot of mistakes. Where I come from, South St. Pete, shit, you make it out alive, you happy, you know. But I, I won't ever not be happy. You know what I mean? Because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have this hustle. Leaders are, like, you got to have a hustle. You can't mm -hmm. think about, even now, look at my hair. I ain't paying nobody $600. And I can afford it. I'm just going to grow out my natural hair and keep me some edges. So <laughs> you got to think about we can't all want the same thing. We can't all, you know, you got to be okay with not being okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody just want to get on the internet and pretend. That was mm -hmm. shocking to me. I'm like, what are we supposed to do? Like, I see people on the internet. I'm like, this little boy just posted some stuff with some chains and shoes. And his greatest go 300. Huh? <laughs> That's this world is crazy. That's, that we live for the internet. Now. This this, <laughs> this this new generation we live. Yes, a couple likes and some views and. I'm glad I didn't know. grow up in this generation. I would I, my kids would be like, "Mom, you putting the wrong stuff on the internet. You doing this because I don't even know that there's a code to it." <laughs> I'm like, she's like, "Mom, you don't supposed to like this person's stuff. You don't supposed to write. You in the shade room in the comments." I'm like, because I'll be in the comments telling mm -hmm. somebody, hey, baby, this is how you could do some real estate. This is what you can do. This is how you go about it. And I'm really thinking that I'm helping. And it's like, I'm doing too much for real. Yeah, the, tech, the tech world crazy. Uh, what, what was your first successful project? You, you lost in 2008. What was your first? Okay, now we back on roll. Yeah, my first successful project was... Uh, I'm gonna back up just a little bit. Is mm -hmm. you're I don't know if you got you familiar with preservation work. Mm -hmm. Well, it was a point where everybody was working with the banks on foreclosures. I did that for ten years, and we were pretty good at it. Very successful. Um, we worked with the banks on 
foreclosures, meaning we preserved the property until the bank was able to sell it. Mm -hmm. So that was me. That was my first brush of just kind of learning about the houses and doing stuff like this. So that I had a friend, he was in preservation work and that's who got us into it. And then we, it started doing real bad. Real bad, real fast. Well, after 10 years, it started going downhill because now there's not a lot of foreclosures. Mm -hmm. And so out of being, we were in the red, probably 150000 And we were just trying to come up, but we had great credit. So I was like, okay, what can we do? And I tapped on my better half and I said, hey, what we going to do? Let's build some houses. And he said, you think we can do it? And I was like, yeah, we know every, there's nothing about a house we don't know. Mm-hmm. And we, he had a friend that was building houses. And so... We started talking to people and networking and seeing what, meeting like contractors and seeing who we felt we could work with. And we put everything with credit. We did credit cards. We, we put on credit cards. We didn't care. <laughs> and we still, we had a project manager. He kind of did the first house for us. We made about 50000 on the first one. And okay. then he got greedy. The project and manager? The project manager. So we were, he charged us $65 a square to build a house. And we had to just kind of follow him and see what he was doing. And we were fascinated. And we we liked the process. And then he got greedy and was like, okay, it's going to be $87 a square for the next one. Mm. And I said, use a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Use a damn lie. And so out of that, we decided that we're going to push him out of the way. We got with the general contract and said, hey, we want to work out something with you. And that's how it started. So do, do you sell all your houses? Yes. Why? Cause I, I know a lot of real estate people say they own it and then they just rent it forever. I have some rental properties, but you, when you're in real estate, you always have to look at what is, like for me, the goal is to get maybe 10, 15 rental properties down the line. But right now, I need to generate an income where I'm getting money coming in so that I can keep taking a profit and doing something else with it. So we will build them and then we sell them and then we'll find something else. And then we'll do just keep doing that, repeating the same thing. Are, are all your houses in Florida, Tampa area? Everything is in Tampa and everything has been in low income areas, except we found a house over in um, Seminole Heights and we did something in Seminole Heights. And Seminole Heights, pretty, that's, that's starting to become a little yes. upscale uh, <laughs> cottage homes. Uh, I, when, I, when I first got in real estate, there were... A lot of people I was meeting weren't from Florida, and they mm-hmm. were like, they don't do Florida because it's oversaturated, and, like, the houses be high. It'd be hard for them to make a... Uh, they wasn't building houses either. So they were <laughs> like, the, 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 the Florida market is oversaturated. How, how do you feel about that saying? Because it's out there. It's so funny. Um, I don't listen to that shit. I don't <laughs> listen to nothing people say. Because people crazy. You can't listen to that. You got to do your own thing. If you listen to what people say, you ain't going to ever make no money. Mm. And the people that saying it ain't never done it. Mm. That's the thing. If somebody come to me and you get a lot of that, you know how many people call us every week? Y'all should be doing multi-units. What you doing? Oh, I deliver for Uber right now. Bye-bye. <laughs> so you can't listen to they say. They're going to say, people going to always have something to say. The things that's happening right now in the real estate game, it has never been done before. Nobody knows. I don't think realtors even know. We were going to list a house at our last project. We were going to list it for two thirty nine, and we had about 15 people wanting to buy it the first day it went on the market, mm. and we sold it for two sixty. 
So Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can't you can't listen to they say. I think for young people, if they want to get into real estate, for one, you got to figure out what avenue of real estate you want to get into, and you got to decide, and you got to say, okay. You can flip land. You can say, I'm just going to be like, a lot of people want to be like the bird dogs, I guess, the people that find them and, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to do. I find it, send it to somebody with some money, like, hey, just let me get my little middleman cut. That's a good way to make money. Mm-hmm. I bought, I just, I bought the property, um, I bought a property for 175 but the gentleman that brought it to me, it was one, he brought it for 165 He didn't change no money, no nothing. No nothing. At closing, he got his 10000 and you can make money like that. It's a hustle. This mm-hmm. is a hustler's game, and a lot of people not hustling. They just want to post pictures. Where, where do you see, you know, the, the Florida Tampa especially, it's, it's getting a little gentrified. How, how do you feel about the gentrification that's going on in Tampa? When it first started, I was mad a little bit because I was like, dang, they're pushing all these people out of the areas and they're bringing, you know, people in and da-da-da. So with gentrification, I'm one of those people that I'm, it's kind of a, I don't, I wish our people recognized what was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish we knew that don't sell grandma house. Mm-hmm. Keep grandma house, you know, mm-hmm. don't sell it. And I wish they understood that pushing not going far and getting a bigger house, I wish they understood value and what that meant, but they don't. So I'm not saying that I'm for or against gentrification. I just think it's one of those things that we, I wish we would keep grandma house and not sell grandma house because there's a reason that look at everything what's happening in Tampa. Everything is in the city. There's no bad areas anymore. When I told people I was building in Suffer Springs, they were like, are you nuts? Are you crazy? Probably them same people mm-hmm. that was talking about that other stuff with mm-hmm. you. And we sold the last house in Suffer Springs for 259000 uh, You push grandma value up now. Absolutely. You so you can't listen to what they say. And you got to be a risk taker. If you in real estate, you got to know that it, it takes a minute to get your money. And that's why what I did is... I opened up an assistant living facility. Mm. I, I did that out of, I need some residual income because once you, from start to finish, the whole process, from the time that we get ready to build a house, from the time that we, we, we'll, we find the lot, we gotta get with an architect, then at the architect, you gotta submit it to the city, and it's still, so those months that takes, before you even start, is two, three months done passed. Did you learn all that? Because see, you just went from finding art. I don't even know an architect. <laughs> did you learn all that from the project manager or that was just? Shit, I learned that from Google. Try <laughs> please. You can learn anything on Google. It's all on Google. Okay. You Google. You Google. <laughs> and you ask questions. And you go back to Google. And then you see somebody building a house. I wasn't afraid to pull over. Hmm. I wasn't afraid to get out my car and say, hey, who who doing the brick work? And I talk to them and I network and I see somebody else pulling, doing something. And I talk to this person and it ain't pretty. And it's a lot of work and you got to weed out all the bad contractors and you mm. got to weed out those lots over in Suffer Springs. Six lots I bought for $68,000. And I built six houses on them. the last one for two sixty. It was two sixty the last one. And Jeez. people laughed at us. They asked what we were doing and, they were saying stuff like, you know, the area right by that yeah, park. That's, that's, they were like bombs hang at that park. But I was feeding the bombs. It's a, it, it, I just because I don't look at nothing like other people. You know, it's crazy that that particular area is it's, 
You cross the street, you're in the hood. But that particular area is, is real. It's quiet. It's, it's a lot not of as bad as what people there. think. Yeah. It's not as bad. There's some as what bums over think. there, but it's, yeah. it's a nice area. And but you, you know, it. now what happened is the more houses you build and the more stuff you do, then the bums kind of mm-hmm. they go away. Yeah, they they notice they it. They kind of absolutely. They'll but I look at I don't look down. I treat the bomb like I treat the CEO. I just want to build me some houses. And I used to actually say, hey, can y'all make sure don't nobody break in? Mm-hmm. And they did. So I think it's the way you look at stuff. And you mentioned the ALF, the assisted living facility. I love that. What, where? I get excited about <laughs> the ALF. Where, where did the passion come from? That kind of, if you go to your post, you always mean, well, I'll let you speak on it. I'll let you speak on it. Where the passion for it Oh, man, that's my heart. You got to do something that fill your pockets, and you got to do something that fill your heart. And my grandmother raised me. I came home at 16, and my mom was dead on the couch. Mm. And prior to that, I had been in and out of foster homes and stuff. And so I remember my grandmother had nine kids, and then she... Now, she finally getting a little break in life, and her daughter dies that has five kids and an autistic brother. Mm-hmm. I had two brothers, you know, in trouble and one on drugs and my little grown mouthy butt. And I remember them sitting in the kitchen, and everybody was saying, Annie, you got to let them kids go. You can't take care of those kids. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother said, Tanya help, and we're going to make it. We're going to be all right. So... She took care of me. You are 16 at the time. I was 16. And all I was thinking is, and like I think now, you know, I got to hustle. I got to do something. I got to make sure. But that moment where my grandma could have listened to everybody, you know, but she chose to keep us. And so I, I wanted an assistant living facility because I think when people get old, people forget about them. My mm-hmm. grandmother had a sixth, sixth grade education. She made $12 an hour. She never took no welfare. I watched, she didn't know how to drive. She cooked, she cleaned, she went to work. And when she got sick, I just would come over and talk to her and I could kind of see her health failing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something to give back to her. And I wanted everybody to know her name. So Annie's assistant living facility, and it, I never worked in the medical care field a day in my life. And I opened up this facility, I got my license, and it, it saddens me that a lot of black girls want to be CNAs. Mm-hmm. I was they want to. They want to make ten dollars an hour. You can be. You can own your own facility. I seen you was offering. How, how many you was offering CNAs oh, to show them how you can? I got two that's following me now, and I pray they open up a facility. It's it's something where they're in it. You got to have a heart for this, and I like it because it's money too. Don't don't get me. Don't mm-hmm. get it twisted. <laughs> you want to make a profit. <laughs> you know, I got to make some money now. Mm-hmm. I love my residents. I um. I went to, I took a 26 hour class. I took a state test. I bought a property, fixed it up. And I opened up during the pandemic. Cause okay. I think I'm all that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was like, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. I said, so I'll give a damn. I got to open up and I opened up May 1st. So I'm actually celebrating one oh, year yeah. and I've, congrats, I've been profitable congrats. and I love my, I love my residents. I walk in. And it just, it gives you something good to do. But that is a business. Everybody like to do what's the catchy thing. Everybody can't do real estate. It's so much stuff you do in real estate that's tough. And you got to deal with shady people. You got to deal with contractors. I had a contractor we paid. He ran off. You got to deal with contractors not showing up. So you just see the end result, the end game. Mm -hmm. But it's so much that goes into it. 
But I know a girl who was in my class uh, with the assistant living facility. She rented out a house for $1,200 a month, asked the guy, hey, can I use this to open up my assistant living facility? He said, yes. She spent about $4,000. She put grab bars. She did some different things to make it accessible for elderly people. And right now she's making about $7,000 a month. And still paying still paying the oh yeah and she paying 1200 so it's a way you know everybody and i i wish we could speak just a little bit i gotta say this we gotta do better with trades mm. because electricians plumbers the never, people that i work with working. they make millions they are making some money so i wish that we promoted people doing a little bit more with trades and not always the people that just want to sell the houses and take some pictures. I even had a guy, he was like, and don't call me. If they watch it, don't call me. He was like, I want to learn about real estate, Miss Tanya. It's hot. I'm outside. I'm talking about, um, let's go, baby. I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. He said, can you stand right down and take a picture? A picture of what? He was like, because I need to post. Need to put it on a girl. And he really put it on Instagram and put, I'm a, I'm a real estate mogul. If you don't get your ass away from me, boy, I don't want to deal with people like that. I, I just can't do this. I want real people to talk to me that understand that you got to do your due diligence. You got to read, you got to research, and you you really have to understand that real estate is a tough business. When you close and that money hits your account, ooh, that's a good feeling. Mm. That's a good feeling. But it's a lot that happens between that. The assistant living facility, that's that's a business that I wish more couples would do because people are making some good money. And if you're a couple and you want to get into something and you're young, you can make good money like that. I'm glad you brought up the trade. I'm gonna plug this every time. When I was in high school, right? Uh-huh. You know, teachers always ask you what you want to be in life and and I never knew it, but I knew I wanted to get me some money. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> like, as long as I can get me some money, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. And lately my, my my girl, she worked for a nonprofit and it made me think if I can reach the kids that would like me in school and tell them about trade when I was doing the wholesaling. These people making millions of dollars yes. coming out just, okay, you need this for this lighting. Yes. And I'm like, if they would have just taught me that, that probably would have been a path I would have followed to see, like, mm-hmm. I can be an electrician and make money. I don't think people really understand they how much understand. money. They understand. They make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. So I'm going to plug that every good. time I can. I, I wish um, our kids, you have a kid, maybe he's not the best with um, school and mm-hmm. things like that, but he's good with his hands. Okay, let's have him do something with, um, you know, trades. It's a good thing. Plumber's making a whole lot of money. Crazy money. Is it, is it too late to get in real estate? You know, everybody doing real estate. Is it too late to get in real estate? No. No? It's never too late to do nothing. Mm-mm. Real estate is, like I keep saying, it's not for the weak. And if you want to work hard and grind, I, I think everybody needs real estate on their portfolio. It's very few rich people you're going to find that don't have any real estate. Real estate. Yeah. And, and, you know, and right now is a good time to get into it or even just start learning it. I wish more people followed us when we get ready to start a house. Like I post stuff on the Internet, but I do it a lot because I think, dang, if they see me doing it and they yeah. know my backstory. Mm-hmm. And um, I always say my better half, but my husband now, my now husband, he um, he and I both always think that, dang, people going to see that. He from West Tampa Projects. I'm from South St. Pete. So we always think that we're just going to have these people following us yeah. and coming to us and looking at us and saying, dang, he he did this. or you know. So it's never too late. And yeah. if you ever think like that, then it will be too late. 
that's when it's too late when you start thinking like that. But it's not too late. You know, right now we we're we're in a pandemic, mm-hmm. and you know I keep seeing uh, they like letting renters not have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. And for you to know both sides, you you have properties and Absolutely. you know people that probably need the. What, what's your? How do you? How do you going about it? First off, with your house that you're renting out. It's so funny you say that because, um, I was never afraid to put my houses on Section Eight. Mm-hmm. So what happens is all these people from some of my friends that are landlords would call me, T. You tell me about Section Eight <laughs> because for me even though the pandemic was going on, I was still able to get my rent. And I like Section 8 because I feel like it's a way to help people with less, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody that made, they work, but they still just can't get to that next level. So I always think that Section 8 is a good way. Anything that pays, that helps helps us, lower income and people that I know, working moms that's doing it by themselves, and they need a little help, I'm all for that. So I think that I understood both sides because some people milked it. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to leave. They knew they were still working from home, but they were pretending they mm-hmm. weren't working. So that just was a tough place to be in. But I always say you should diversify your portfolio if you have real estate and don't be afraid of Section 8. So all your houses on Section 8? Except one, yeah. What? Uh, so the government didn't stop sending? They still... No. No, I still yeah. got my payments. Everything was Everybody fine. Everybody should have been on session. Yeah. And you just got to screen people better. It's a lot of people that rent houses and think I'm not going to um, rent to Section 8. But I don't want to ever deny a kid an opportunity to live in a nice neighborhood. I, I think that's where a lot of folks miss the ball. Mm. You just got to screen. You, is it is it a gap or the, the amount you can charge if you're on Section 8? If you, if you were on Section 8, could you charge more for the house? No, I still, it, it's just Section 8, they'll tell you, they have like a zip code list. You can Google mm-hmm. Section 8 zip code list for Hillsborough County. So that list kind of gives you a guide of what they'll pay. Okay. Like they'll say in one of my houses, it's um, the zip code, I charge 2100 a month. And they pay me 1592 and then the person pays the difference. Okay. So they pay something. Oh, so, okay, okay. And that's I like it because it's, I I like it because it's guaranteed money. You know, you don't have any, there's no issues. And they kind of, they help screen the tenant. Like they won't, I think it's certain criteria with um, their record and Mm -hmm. things like that. But I I don't, I'm, I love it. I love being able to help folks. You ever had a a bad tenant? You got any tenant stores? (laughs) If you in real estate and you rent the house, hell yeah, you have a bad tenant. But you just, you handle it, you know? What's the worst tenant? Why, Why you don't sign up for, with a property manager? Like I the, ain't paying nobody to do that. That's money. That's ten percent. Drop, please. I ain't got ten percent to give nobody. I mean, I think it's a good thing. Once, if I had fifteen or twenty houses, then I probably say, yeah, let me get a property manager. But it right now we have four or five. No, I can handle that. Yeah, I'm the property manager. I'm coming, and I put that. I put a clause in my um, contracts with them. I'll say, hey, every ninety days, I'm gonna come by, just check and make sure things. Two of the properties have pools, so that's why I'll charge a little bit more just mm-hmm. because I want to send a company out to maintain the pools. But no, it's a it's a beautiful thing to have Section Eight, okay. and you helping I, less you know less fortunate folks. That's my that's my mother's worst fear. I told her when I was in the real estate, yeah. and I'm like, Mama ran out of house. She's like, Don't let them people tear up your house, and then you can't make them leave. And then that's when I got introduced to property managers actually do it. But like you said, they want ten percent. 
yeah, you know, you can and you can go by. You can put it in there that monthly. I'm gonna come by. I'm gonna check on my property. When anytime somebody leave your property, it's gonna be stuff you gotta do. Hmm. You're gonna have to paint, so you have to account for that. You charge a little heft. Um, you charge a little bit more money up front. You know, a security deposit. But I don't. I don't think about that. I just as long as you know they do certain things, I'm okay. Don't overthink it. Get just money. You be thinking too much. Before we go into the last segment, is it anything I missed or anything you want to get off your chest that I'm probably missed in the interview? Oh, gosh, I know the young people are going to hate me for this, but I just wish that we get out of this faking it mm-hmm. type of mentality. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, I wish that young folks really weren't afraid to put in the work. And I don't say that from a place to... Um, I've been bad with money. I'm not a person sitting up here saying that, hey, I've been, you know, no, I was young. I uh, I remember maxing out a credit card and Spiegel sent me a bill and I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I didn't even know I was supposed to pay it. <laughs> Shit, I was like, and I mean, I didn't even understand the concept of money. But now with us being in an information age, there's no reason so many dumb people got smartphones. Mm. You can Google everything. Mm. If you don't understand, I'm talking about, I will... I can have a pain in my pinky. What do you do for pinky pain? You can Google everything. So we got too much information for us as a people to still be so uneducated. And I wish that we can stop faking it. Everybody, like if somebody want to really learn about houses and they're serious, I want them to come to one of our job sites and kind of look and kind of watch us and figure, you know, really follow not just want to make it look good. And so I, that's the biggest thing that I see with young folks. I just, and I want to help young people because nobody helped me. We were in my day, most of us, we worked to help our families. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anybody telling us, Hey, do this. Hey, do that. But now I'm right here. What's your excuse? I don't have a college degree. My husband don't have a college degree. I don't have anything, but I will out hustle anybody. I got a strong work ethic. Those are the things that you have to have. You don't have to, you know, I'm not a nurse, but I own an assistant living facility. I learned, I study. You can be a copycat. You just got to copy the right cat. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people don't understand that. Copy me, Take, tell me, and, and you have to be able to be teachable. You can't think you know everything. Mm-hmm. People got to get out of that. Because I, I learn from anybody. That's why I'm not afraid to talk to people. So if I can help young people, man, y'all, y'all have no idea. I get emotional, especially when I'm looking at a little black girl with a baby. Baby daddy got killed and she's struggling and she thinks she needs somebody. No, you don't, baby. You need you. And you got to just go. You got to go hard. So for me, um, being able to do this stuff, I'm shocking myself sometimes. But I just keep going. It go, I was in the red. They said, well, how you start, how this all came? I failed. We were in the red. I had business making a whole lot of money, but I didn't know how to spend the money. I didn't know how to, I think that um, I thought I was supposed to take care of everybody in my family. I was. I thought I was supposed to do all this stuff. And then once I've learned now, my favorite word is no. Mm. I got boundaries. I, I got, you know, I'm taking care of myself and health 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 i'll be seeing you working out in the morning oh yes yes i'm gonna hit 50 (laughs) fabulous baby i'm I'm gonna because you know what it all goes together 
I don't care how much money I got. If I'm not healthy, it don't matter. So I had to learn that. And that was hard for me, just learning and trying to unlearn and relearn and, you know, do things. But if we stop faking it, some of us can make it. We just keep faking. Only want to go on my next four questions. Oh, <laughs> you sorry. I, I should have said that for last. Um, final four. Yeah. What's, the, what's the biggest challenge you done faced in life? The biggest challenge that I faced in life is not realizing that I was enough mm. and thinking that I owed everybody something. And that was that was hard, always thinking that I have to pay somebody back for something or just... I'm enough. I'm the shit. I'm the prize. I don't know. You're probably young. You probably don't remember Cracker Jacks. But in Cracker Jacks, there was a prize in it. And sometimes you don't even want to eat the damn popcorn. You want that prize. I'm that. And we are all black women. I, I got a soft spot for us. I think we're overlooked, underpaid. We compete with each other. And now at almost 48, I realize that I was always enough. And that's 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 something that I I wish I could tell young girls. You're enough. And whatever happened to you ain't your fault. It just mm-hmm. happened to you. Okay, okay. What's the biggest lesson you done learned? <sighs> he gonna cut this out. I hope not. Men ain't shit. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> I promise I'm teasing. The, the, the biggest, that was just a tease. Um, that our existence isn't defined by a man. I think that I lost a lot of good years trying to be good to too many of the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And I think that you got to be okay with letting go when disrespect is being served. You gotta be okay with getting up from that table. So the biggest lesson that if I could just tell women that you got to know, cause when you know your worth, like people say that's a cliche, but when you know your worth, you ain't gotta put the weave in your hair. You ain't gotta put the lashes on. Mm-hmm. When you know your worth and somebody treats you bad or disrespects you or cheats on you or whatever it is, you will you won't take it. So I don't care how pretty they look on the internet. I don't care whatever it is. But when you you don't know your worth, you'll take a whole lot. And I'm glad that it took me in my 40s to find my worth. It's never too late. No, I'm it's glad I learned it. I'm yeah. going to take a lot of money, a lot of therapy. <laughs> but I know who I am now. What's the best advice you didn't receive? Oh, gosh, my grandma dropped so many jewels. I'm trying to pick one. Um this too shall pass. This shoe. This set again. This too. This too shall, shall pass. pass. Okay. Every time something bad would happen, and I think it's the end of the world, and I think I got a this and da 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 da. And my grandma would always say, "This too shall pass," and it does. It passes every time. Every time. So. You're right. You right about that one. <laughs> right Last. What's the worst advice? Advice somebody didn't give you. The worst advice is always somebody telling me, man, you can't do this because of such and such, or you can't do that because of this. Um, You can't build houses. You ain't a contractor. You can't open an assistant living facility. You're not a nurse. You can't do this. You don't have a degree. Hmm. So just always telling me what I can't do. And that makes me, that fuels me. So I don't listen to them. 
They say, they say, I ain't never listened to them. So that's the worst advice. Just people making you think you can't do something. You can do whatever you want to do. It's, you know, but you got, and you got to be okay with failure. You got to be okay with failing. And so many yeah. people aren't. I'm okay if I fail. And I think that's what rock bottom taught me. I don't been at the bottom. Child, please. I eat a syrup sandwich. I'm okay with that. Miss Tanya, I am so happy you came and sat with me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this feels so this- good. <laughs> when you told me you want me to come on a podcast, I was laughing because I'm like, me? <laughs> I ne- no, I've never been on a podcast. so I don't know what people was thinking. They should have been got you before Duh. I got you. <laughs> thank you. This Ms. feels Tanya, good. Thank you. Thank Great you. Wine City Speaks, Miss Tanya Jones. We out. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>